helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. Last week, we began our series, Foundations for a Healthy Family. In our show, we talked about Adam and Eve, happiness and fulfillment. And this week, we're going to be checking back in with the first family in the Bible, and we're going to be paying close attention to Adam's and Eve's sons, Cain and Abel. We're all probably very familiar with this story from Sunday school, from our bedtime devotions. Um, It's a classic story, but we're going to be taking a new look at it. And we're going to be specifically looking at what we can learn about the mysteries of blessings and curses and how they impact our lives and what role we have to play in shaping what we experience. So we encourage you to stay tuned with us as we explore this classic beloved uh, biblical story with a new slant to see how we can learn about how we can impact our lives and our families today so that we can build that strong foundation we began to talk about last week. If you missed last week's show or any of our previous shows, we encourage you to go to our website to listen to it. Our website is elamcounselingministry.com. Elam is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. And while you're there, you can learn more about this important ministry and the services we can provide. I want to welcome you to this week's show. My name is Melissa Waggett, and I am your co-host today. I'm so happy to be invited into your listening area this morning. If you want to find out more about Elam, as I said, check out our website. You can also give us a call toll-free at one 877 544-3546, and we'd be happy to answer any questions that you may have. So this morning, I am not flying solo. I never am. With me in studio is Michael Hart. He is a registered psychotherapist. He's also the director of Elam Counseling Services, and he joins me each and every week in studio to explore interesting topics. So I am so happy to be with you again in studio. Michael, we've said in preparation for the show, we anticipate having a lot of fun with this one. Yes, and we talk about fun. Maybe we should do a show one of these days with the bloopers that we have before we actually put this show on air because we were here wrestling with a topic for this for this show with, with Cain and Abel and we were thinking, what should we call this show? Should it be Cain and Abel, siblings, rivalry? And we looked at different options, but then it came to us that maybe uh, blessings and curses, Cain and Abel, blessings and curses, uh, should be a better title, and you'll see why we gave it that name as we go through the show. So if we had uh, pre-announced this this show by another name, it's the same show that we promised that we would get to next week. We have just sort of modified the name because we think this is a more suitable title. So we are going, right? We have agreed on that. Can yes, enable we blessings are good. and curses. There is no rivalry right. between us. Right. Um, and before we get into today's show, we also want to remind our listeners, we've been announcing over the past few weeks that we have a healing retreat um, coming up. And we do want to uh, tell listeners that this retreat is full. But as we ask each and every time we host one of these events, we really know that the success of these events is really contingent upon um, God showing up and the Lord meeting people's needs where they're at. So we really do ask you, if you are people of prayer, to uh, lift this up this weekend, this healing retreat weekend, up in your personal prayer time. Um, We really do believe and anticipate that breakthroughs will happen for the people that will be intending. 
but we really do ask that you pray for the people in attendance, pray for our volunteers and the counselors that will be attending um, because we really do anticipate great things. And like always, we will report back to you on the miracles that we anticipate to happen. So please pray for us. Uh, We value your prayers immensely for the success of these weekends. Right. And I think uh, it's very important to know that we can't do this without your prayers. I think we, we met this week, the team of us were we're going to be working at the retreat and we fasted and prayed for all our guests. So we want you to join us in praying that the windows of heaven would be open and that people would receive the blessings for the different challenges that they come to this retreat with. I think God has always been 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 favorable to us when we hold these retreat and so we're expecting no less this time so if you want to come to the next one there are some of us who called but by that time some of you who called but by that time we were already filled up for this retreat but we'll be having a next another one in june of next year so if you'd like to get your name on the list then go ahead and register from now so that your spot can be reserved Okay, Michael, so we are going to launch right into our story of Cain and Abel to refresh people's memory. Maybe they haven't heard this story in a long time or, frankly, maybe they've never heard this story at all. Do you mind setting the stage about who Cain and Abel are in the Bible and where we can find their story? So this is found in Genesis. The story is found in Genesis chapter 4, verse 1 to 16 is a section of Genesis 4 that we will be focusing on. And these this story is about two brothers, Cain and Abel. And Cain is the older of the two brothers. And what happened in this story in a nutshell is that Cain and Abel offered sacrifices to God. Abel's sacrifice was looked on with favor in other words, God accepted and and blessed Abel because of his sacrifice, but did not find favor in Cain's sacrifice. And as a result, we, we are told that Cain became jealous and angry. And God saw what was happening in Cain's, in, in Cain's heart and had a, a, a sort of motivational speech with Cain and told him that, look, you're angry and depressed, but if you do what's right, your sacrifice will be accepted too. But we hear from, we read in the story that Cain did not heed God's warning, but he became so angry that immediately after that pep talk from God, he went out and killed his brother. And this is where we get to the interesting part about the curse, because we have talked about God blessing Abel's offering. But because of what Cain did, we are told in this story later on that God pronounced a curse on Abel and told him that when he worked the ground, it would not bring forth fruit and that he will be a restless wanderer throughout the earth. And so that's a story in a nutshell. And we have in the the last part of that section in the Bible, uh, Cain crying out and saying, "My, my punishment is more than I can bear. In other words, this curse that God is 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 pronouncing over me seems a little bit too harsh. But today we are going to be looking at this concept of blessing and, and cur- blessings and curses as we go through this story and uh, demystifying these concepts because there are some people who may be listening to my voice today who may feel as if, yes, there may be some curse on me, some bad thing seems to be following me through life, or other people might be listening who feel really blessed and 
good things are following you, following you through life. But we want to talk about this in a way that we we will understand that these things are not mysterious and that we have a role to play in whichever one becomes a part of our lives. And so I think off the top, so this is something that I've learned from you. Oftentimes when you're looking at stories or effects of something, it's important to go back almost to the beginning of our lives and to see what shaped us to become the people we are. Right. And so you've been able to pull some interesting things out from the story we have of Cain and Abel, literally at the beginning yes. to their birth. Yes, yes. That began to paint a picture for them that in the story we see Carrie Ford. I wonder if you can talk a little bit about that. Right. It's something that is often overlooked in the first verse of chapter four in Genesis. And if we go back to that verse, and I'll just read it, and, and then I'll explain uh, what I'm taking from this. In, in verse one of Genesis chapter four, it says, Adam made love with his wife, and she became pregnant and gave birth to, to Cain. She said, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. And verse 2, later she gave birth to his brother Abel. And that's all we are told about Abel. So it's an interesting uh, concept or interesting idea here that I want to draw. Because with Cain's birth, it was sort of heralded. Eve was very excited and said, with the Lord's help, I have given birth to, to a man. But with with Abel's birth, it's just like, oh, yes, there's another one. <laughs> no, that just did. It, yes, it's a classic, yes. like, oh, yeah, they just like slot you in there. Yes, yes. It's just a, another, we were just told his name. She gave birth to Abel and that's it. So I guess there could be something in that, that within that family system, Cain could have been looked upon as the the older child, the, the child that is more prized, the special child because he's the first man-child. And Abel could have been looked upon as just, just another child. And so in this section in Genesis, we have the introduction of the idea that we can begin to compare ourselves to someone else. This did not exist with Adam and Eve. They were it. They were the first couple. They were, there was no other couple to compare themselves to. Adam was the only man, Eve the only woman. But now suddenly you have two brothers and this introduced the dynamic that I can look to someone else and compare myself to someone who I am equal with. And in this family dynamic with Cain and Abel, Cain must have felt as if he's the brother that is more entitled to what is good. Or if he's, if they were getting ahead in life, he should be the first one to be getting ahead in life. And so we have this expectation that is existing within that family system. And when things begin to play out in a different way, Cain became angry, sad, and depressed. The reason for that, as I explained earlier on, is that they both offered sacrifice to God, but Abel's sacrifice was looked on the younger brother, the brother whose birth was not heralded by his mother or by his parents, now seems to be be lauded by, by God. God seemed to be saying good things about 
Abel's sacrifice. We're not told exactly what happened, but something happened that showed that God was pleased with Abel's sacrifice. And that did not fit within the family structure of Cain and Abel because Cain felt like he should have been that one. He's the heralded child. He's the, he's the older child, the older son. And as a result of that, he became angry. And so we are told that this anger led to the murder of his brother. So it's so an interesting concept here that I would like to, to, to extrapolate from this story is that we have this idea of comparison and the fact that comparison can affect how we feel about ourselves and can affect our emotional state and can result in bad things happening. And for many of us in this bigger human family, we, we become depressed and sad because of that exact thing, comparison, comparing ourselves to others and feeling like that couple, they, are, they look happier than we are as a couple. That couple, our neighbor, they seem to be getting ahead financially more than we are getting ahead. Or that couple in the pew next to us in Sunday, they seem to be more spiritual than we are. And those kind of comparisons can lead to, to different emotional states. And and as you say, we see that play out in that story in the, in the anger, the sadness, and the depression that, that um, Cain exhibits. What other things do we we see in this story? Um, as we go through with Cain and Abel. Yes, the second thing that we see in the story is the concept of sacrifice. This seems to come out of nowhere. We are not told before in Genesis that Adam and and Eve offered any sacrifice, but when it comes to the brothers Cain and Abel, we suddenly have this idea of sacrifice. So this might seem like a simple concept, but it's very profound when you look at it from a psychological sense, because what a sacrifice is saying is that these uh, these brothers grasp the concept that you can give up some of what you have today for a bigger and better purpose and for a better tomorrow. And so it seems that from this story that we are told that when Cain gave his sacrifice, he just offered a sacrifice. And I, I just read that section. It says, and, and, Abel, Cain, and Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. That's in verse 3. So when Cain brought his offering, there is no description as to the, the quality of his offering. But when we read about Abel's offering in the next sacrifice, the author goes out of his way to tell us the quality of the sacrifice. In essence, Abel gave of his best, the best of his flock to God. So this this sacrificing of the present for something bigger and better in the future uh, is is been done to a more a more grand scheme with Abel than with Cain. It would seem that Cain just brought anything, the, the, the least of what he had to God, or the quality was not as good as Abel's quality, but Abel went out of his way to choose from among the flock the best that he could find. And it was this concept of giving the best that resulted in blessings occurring to occurring to Abel. 
And I think this concept is very is very applicable for today because what sacrifices say to us that the quality of your future depends on the sacrifices that you make today. And if you don't sacrifice in any realm of life for the future, if you consume everything on today, then you the quality of your future will be negatively impacted. And this is true in the arena of sports, for example. People who excel at sports are people who sacrifice sleep, who sacrifice comfort to train for the for, for the idea that they hold on to that I can become better in the future because of what I give up today. But it's also true in the area of relationships, in couples' relationships and in families. If you sacrifice some of your self-needs for the interests of the relationship that you're in, you will have a better relationship tomorrow. As opposed to if you become selfish and say, this relationship is all about me and all about my needs, then your future is going to be negatively impacted. And it seemed to me this is what Cain did. Cain didn't give up his best. And as a result, when he began to see the outflowing of what is happening, we are not giving the time frame in in Genesis between when the sacrifices were offered and when the blessings seemed to occur. Sometimes you can read it as if it's immediate, like the sacrifices are on the altar and there is fire coming down from heaven and saying, you know, this sacrifice is accepted and that one is... Exactly. And then he said no, and then he got out the knife, and then he's dead in the field. Right, right. All done in five minutes. You can read it all in five minutes, but it's probably outplayed over a period of time where Cain began to observe what was going on and saying, my brother is getting ahead, and why is he getting ahead instead of me, and became jealous. And I think this is also true in the area of academics, like people who want to aspire to a better job in the future or a career in a certain field, make sacrifices today of their time, of their leisure, of their fun activities for the, the the concept that there is something better that can come from the sacrifices that they made. If you just joined us, you're listening to the Life Transformation Show. If you've missed the first half of today's show where we're talking about Cain and Abel unraveling the mysteries of curses and blessing, the second part of our Foundations of a Healthy Family series, you can go to our website at elamcounselingministry.com. Elam is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. Or you can call us toll-free at 1-877-544-3546, and we'd be happy to give you a copy of today's show. So, Michael, you were just describing there that sacrifice that we see in this story, as well as the type of sacrifices we make today and their impact. And I'm wondering if you can continue sort of describing that impact and how we do end up reaping a little bit of those blessings as a result or sometimes those curses. Yes. And what does that look like today? Because I think for a lot of people, they're not putting the sacrifice literally on the altar. Right. We don't have that experience in today's society. So how does that look like? When we think about sacrifice uh, today, we don't have this, you know, altar where we go and we sacrifice an animal or we put our crops on. But I want us to understand that we are we are either making sacrifices every day or we are not. And the sacrifices that we make 
will determine our future. So let's take let's take the modern day example of Cain and Abel in modern days. There are two brothers today. Let's give them the same name, Cain and Abel. And Cain is the brother. Let's say that they're both in their teenage years at the present and they're thinking about what the future is going to be. But Cain sleeps in every day. He doesn't sacrifice his sleep for something good in the future. Cain loves entertainment. So Cain is always playing his video games and he play, he spends hours playing his video games, right? He's on the video games from morning till night and he does nothing but play video games. But Abel, on the other hand, as a vision of the future, and he's saying, I want to have a better future. So I'm going to sacrifice some of that time that I could spend sleeping, and I'm going to go and do some courses to sacrifice my time for courses instead. And instead of that video game that I love so much to play, I'm going to only play for maybe a couple hours a day. And for that rest of time, I'm going to study. And then we see things fast forward uh, 15, 20 years down the road, and Abel is successful and is running a business and Cain is grumpy and unhappy because he can't get a job and his life is falling apart and he he has nothing nothing, uh, that he has acquired. So you can see from that example that this, we could look at it and say that, look, Cain in that story, that modern day story, is is cursed and Abel is blessed. But the truth is that it's an outplay of the kind of sacrifices that both brothers made earlier on in life. And I think that's a, a an interesting way you put it because because we do see this in the story where it sort of it seems like the curse happened to Cain. Yes. Like it, it wasn't any of his causing. Yes, and God just said. This is upon you, but as you say, it's more of an outflow of it's the more action. Of an outflow of an action, and if we look at other other stories in the Bible, such as the story of Jacob when he went to work to live with his uncle Laban, and he and he was he worked with his uncle Laban for fourteen years, and his uncle Laban was dishonest to him. Now Jacob could have become bitter and decide not to work and didn't give his best when he's working with the flock. But we are told that Jacob was very diligent in looking after his uncle Laban's flock. And as a result of that, we are told that God blessed him and he became very wealthy. But that blessing took place in 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 the context of his hard labor and his dedication. And we might also say some of his smarts in, in how he went about cho- you know, getting the best of Laban's, Laban's flock. And the same thing with Joseph. Joseph in Egypt, in, in, in Potiphar's house, could have become bitter and angry but be, being in slavery, but he worked diligently and hard, and as a result, he was promoted. So we can say God blessed him, yes, but he also worked for that blessing by giving his best, the best of his of his time. So when it comes to this idea of curse and the blessing, it's important for us to realize that we play a part in it. And this is what God said to Cain in verse 7, when Cain became grumpy and angry and bitter because his brother was getting ahead or his brother's sacrifice was being accepted. God said these profound words, If you do well, will you not be accepted? 
In other words, God is appealing to Cain and saying, Cain, you don't have to carry this anger. You don't have to be jealous of your brother. You have the control of your future in your own hands. All you have to do is give your best. And if you give your best, will not you get ahead like your brother? Will not you be accepted? And I think th- this this shows that there is there wasn't a mystery behind the blessings that Abel got. Abel was blessed because he did well, and Cain had the opportunity to, to be blessed as well by simply doing well, doing what God expected of him. And so when it comes to, to the blessing, it's no mystery, but there's just this idea of curse as well in the story. Exactly. And how do we see that piece play out in this story? And how does it evolve over time in the type of curse that God gave on yes, Cain? Yes. So we see in, in, in verse 12, we're told that God said to Cain, when you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crop for you. You will be a restless wanderer on the earth. So this is God pronouncing this what we call curse on Cain. But I want us to look at that another way today. We could, we could say that God was simply saying what would happen to Cain because of his previous action. So for example, if I see those two brothers, the example that I use in the modern day Cain and Abel, where Cain is is playing Nintendo or playing his video games every day and you know he's sleeping in while I look at Abel and I see wow Abel is going to school and he's sacrificing his sleep and when he comes home he plays a little bit of the video games but he's also studying I could look at those two brothers and I could say I'm pronouncing a curse on the modern day Cain because and say that, you know what, your future is going to be very hard. You're going to have a hard time in life. And I could say to Abel, you're probably going to get a job somewhere down the road. And it would be no mystery if it works out that way, because I can see from the actions where this is this is heading. So let us look at what happened in this story and see that the, the curse itself was not mysterious. When Cain killed Abel, he killed the very thing that he could aspire towards. His brother was an example of what he could be, of what he could become by doing right. And he killed him and buried him under the ground, we are told. So there are many of us who have literally, figuratively killed our dreams and buried them by our actions. And so it's no surprise if you do that, that the blessings that God had in store for you is not going to materialize. But we also see that when he buried his brother under the ground, the ground became a symbol for him of guilt and shame. So how can you work the ground with enthusiasm when the very thing that you need to to, to, to dig up and to plant and to, to, to work your craft is a reminder of guilt for you. And so it's no wonder that when God said to him, he's going to be a restless wanderer on the earth. God was merely saying, Cain, the thing that you have done, the murder that you have committed, have set you up in such a way that every time you see the ground, you're going to be guilty. And as an agriculturist, Cain would need to, 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 to be in one location where he can plant seeds and seed come to harvest. But instead, 
The guilt was driving him from place to place. And so this restlessness was because of his guilt, not necessarily because of the curse God placed on him. God was merely telling him what was going to happen. So I'm saying all of this to say that the the blessings we we achieve and the curses or the bad things that happen, sometimes, uh, uh, I would say for the most part, are not happening out of chances. I'm not saying that there is not the Job situation where people have sickness and bad things befall people in life. But I'm saying, for a, in a lot of cases, it's not a mystery. People are having things happen which are the consequences of the seeds that they have sown or the actions they have done. So when God says, if you do well, will you not be accepted? We are saying that you have a responsibility to play. And so if you want to explore that, you can always give us a call at one 3546 or you can visit our website at elamcounselingministry.com. Thanks again, Michael, for such a great show. And thank you very much, Melissa. And thank you, all of you, for listening to this show today. If you have any questions, please give us a call at that number that Melissa has told you, one 877 So until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services. And Melissa Waggett. Praying together that God would bless you in all your relationships and to keep you sound in mind and pure in heart. Mm -hmm.